Hey, Peter. What's up, Adam? I'm feeling pretty questionable today. Uh, you know why? Why? It is Speak Pipe Wednesday, Speak Pipe Wednesday, Speak Pipe Wednesday. Say it three times in a row with me, Adam. Come on. Speak Pipe Wednesday, Speak Pipe Wednesday, Speak Pipe Wednesday. I'm Adam Manis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear Podcast. Music advice and inspiration coming at you. Coming at you today, sponsored by Open Studio. Go to openstudiojazz.com for all of your jazz lesson needs. Peter, it's Speakpipe Wednesday, my favorite day of the week, besides all the other days. <laughs> Wednesday, it's, it's hump day, so it's, a, it's an important one, right? Remember hump that? Day. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I remember yeah. that year when you couldn't say Wednesday. Actually, there was that year where you thought hump day was Tuesday. Remember that? Right, because you're trying to get over the hump between, I, I don't know what. Wait, so is Wednesday, that, actually, is Wednesday is actually hump day? Oh, my God. He still doesn't know. Yeah, it's hump day. It's <laughs> I the thought middle I knew of it, but, the week. Yeah. Yeah, but but you're laughing at me, so I didn't. Well, so it really was, should be was midnight just, on Wednesday between Wednesday and Thursday, technically, then. No, man. It's, the whole day is the hump day where you're getting over the hump in the middle of the week. I remember there was a two-month period where you thought Friday was hump day. <laughs> And I, right. I was always trying to wrap my head around why you would think Friday is hump day. But I, I stopped caring about that kind of stuff a long time ago, <laughs> Peter. This is episode 897 or whatever. Like, Well, hold up. Now you've got me thinking about this. Let's just let's let's digress. Oh, let's digress so quickly sorry, here. Listeners. Hump day should be noon central time on Thursdays, technically halfway through the week, right? Exactly halfway through the week. Yeah. <laughs> but are we talking about the work week or the full week? I mean, the, come on, man. We're I guess musicians. it wouldn't matter. All, that would be halfway through either way. Exactly. Yeah. See, this is this is how I get you to digress. Not see, you were smiling before. Now you now you got a quizzical look on your face. <laughs> I've gone cross-eyed. I'm confused. And now, hopefully, folks won't even notice this, but we can let them in on a little secret. Ad. We are actually recording this remote today, but we think, perhaps, because we can see each other, uh, that we may have nailed this to the point where it sounds like we're recording it together. Yeah, I think it's going to sound great, man. Yeah, we're we're having a bit of a you know a bit of precautionary separation here. That now this yes. is the time, man. Everybody's yep. getting it, but yeah. uh, I think we're, we're trying okay. not to. We're trying to we're be trying the last ones. To. <laughs> trying to be safe. That's right. Yeah, the last one. We want to be the last one, last man out. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully we'll be back uh, recording live by the end of the week. But yeah, we we we've been in the pandemic so long now. I feel like we've got this part of it nailed. Like we That's can right. do anything pretty much around the world there's not even a reason to see anybody in person anymore you know what i mean that's right well and interestingly enough um a little benefit so you're smiling still but i'm about to turn your smile into a frown once you realize what i'm about to say i am in your chair in the pod suite where you normally sit you're at your home studio so this gives me the ability to do things like this yeah at will team swoosh yeah that's right now would that be something you might be interested in i'm always in control I'm in control of that today. I'm excited about that. I'm a little nervous, be, too, but it's all good. Be weary, listeners. Yep. Well, it is uh, Speak Pipe Wednesday. This is where we take uh, questions from our listeners, and we got a lot of great questions this week, but I want to focus on one from John. If you would like to leave us a Speak Pipe, Peter, where can the, the good people go for that? They can The good and the bad and the mediocre and the medium and everybody can go to youllhearit.com. That is Y-O-U-apostrophe-L-L-hearit.com. Dot com right omit the apostrophe though please that's right that's a, a, a backhanded way of spelling our website's name but yeah go to you'll hear it.com 
and it uh, leaves a message right there. This is a message from John about uh, some frustration with the piano. Yes. Hey, Peter. Hey, Adam. This is John from California. Uh, I just had a quick question I wanted your guys' opinion about. Something that kind of bugs me about piano, um, which is when I practice, I try to practice both hands equally. I actually try to spend more time with my left hand to get it up to you know the same level of skill and speed as my right hand, uh, that my right hand has naturally. Um, and I like that feeling of playing of, uh, and using both my hands somewhat equally, you know. But it seems like most piano music in general um, just more heavily favors the right hand, where the right hand is taking care of more of the complex, fast work, and the left hand is, is kind of just accompanying and doing more simple work in general. And, um, you know, so it kind of makes me feel like I'm leaving my left hand behind, you know, when I'm playing in that way. Um, but that's how most piano music seems to be. So I was just wondering if you guys have any suggestions as far as um, learning tunes or coming up with your own arrangements for tunes in a way that um, uses both hands more equally, you know, or even certain songs or certain artists who use their hands in a more equal way um, that I can kind of emulate so that I don't feel like I'm, I'm leaving my left hand behind all the time when I'm playing, if that makes sense. So love to hear you guys' thoughts about that. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's a great question, John. I love the way John put that, too, of like just feeling like it's left behind. Not we, we get a lot of like, how can I make my left hand like my right hand? John seems to have a handle on that. But in, ah, I hear you. Got <laughs> yeah, a handle yeah. on that. In practical terms, though, as far as like just playing and and you're learning music and you're hearing a lot of just right hand uh, uh, centric playing, who are some people to listen to? What can John do to sort of get more, get his left hand more involved. Right. Well, one thing that does uh, come to mind, and this is a little bit of a joke, but actually could somewhat lead to somewhere useful for us, I think, is Ravel's left-hand piano concerto, which oh, is, that kind of takes care of the problem. If you want to learn something that's written out that only features one, the left hand, and you want to really bulk it up, um, or at least you're, you know, kind of what you're doing with it, you could go there but I think that that leads one to the place. I, I wouldn't worry as much about focusing on like players um, that you can study or emulate that are using the left hand more because the actual, I think musically, the application of where, you know, the, the melodies and the accompaniment lie on the piano is more about the registers than the actual hands. Because if you think about left-handed pianists, they don't solo down in the bass and tenor region with their left hand and then comp with their right hand, even though that might be more natural for them. They learn to play just like we do with, you know, primarily accompaniment underneath a melodic thing. Now, of course, there's counter melodies, there's bass lines, there's combinations of those, there's inner movements and all that stuff we want to be able to do. So it's kind of like we want to be able to develop the non-dominant hand, which for what is it, 90% of us is the left hand. Um, and maybe for pianists, it's even higher than that, but I believe it's something like that for the general population. But we want to develop our non-dominant hand, whichever one that is, um, to get as close to the dominant hand in terms of our control of it, independence of it, independence of the fingers, strength of it, you know, the agility, all the different things that we feel we have, we want to try to normalize those. And so even if we still you know, gravitate towards the melodies and, you know, that becomes more of a stylistic thing. But even if that becomes more 
on the right-hand side of the keyboard because we've got the accompaniment and different things underneath, but we've got that ability. And so with that in mind, when we practice, we can really think about just the things that you normally feel like you can do with your right hand, do them with your left hand. So if you're learning a tune or a phrase or even a solo, you know, put your right hand in your lap for a little bit and just play it with your left hand. Um, practice it with your left hand. You know, that's really the way that we can accomplish some kind of, uh, you know, something approaching equality. And so a lot of times what people will do is practice hands together. And I don't think that that, you know, so you're playing melodies at the same time. I don't think that that will accomplish as quickly that normalization process as practicing with just your left hand, something a little bit more challenging, something higher up on the keyboard that you're normally going to associate with your right hand, because then your right hand is just leading the left hand. And our brain works in a funny way with the dominant hand because it, the right hand and the brain just kind of leads the left hand along. And that's why it feels like we can play things sometimes with our left hand if we're playing with the right hand also, that when we take the right hand away, become very difficult all of a sudden. Yeah, that's totally true. And uh, as far as like uh, dealing with the range, and I think the role is what you were sort of hinting at of, you know, the left hand, right? Uh, thinking about it not in terms of soloing. Like, you know, you can go all the way back to Art Tatum, who was a true two-handed pianist with a, yeah. with a very proficient left hand. And it's not like he's down there soloing all the time. I mean, he's doing right. some virtuosic stuff with his left hand. But that could be a place to start, John, is like, go to Art Tatum. You want, you want your left hand to get the work in? I mean, it's, it's all there for you. Right. you know? Ooh, you're like, kind of a tough teacher today, Adam. You said well, a, good no, place to, just, a good place to start is Art Tatum. I love it. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, you know, John, John seems to like he wants to challenge his left hand. Yeah. He wants to play music that has lots to do with the left hand. And, and yeah. Art Tatum, one of the greatest jazz pianists and a very early pianist, really was i mean a, a, a virtuoso in both hands and it wasn't until much later that the role of the left hand was sort of uh was was put you know more on the back burner which uh, that's not even true actually that's not the case as you were just alluding to like um some other players you might check out uh phineas newborn of course Ooh. known yep. for unison lines double lines uh uh, Oscar Peterson obviously could also do like block chords, double lines so so easily. Um, Chick Corea used two hands in a very unique way, not in a the same way that Art Tatum or Phineas Newborn used them. Although he could do that, but more along the lines of like, yeah, like all the way up the keyboard. You don't know what hand is playing what, like. Arpeggios using two hands, shapes using two hands. Casino you know? time from bottom to top. To a really effective use. Obviously, you know, Brad Meldow for a while was known there for doing all this virtuosic firework stuff with both hands. Peter Martin, uh, my co-host here, go check out his version on YouTube of Donna Lee playing the head of Donna Lee like insanely fast with both hands. Really? Yeah, oh, yeah, man. And, I might have overdubbed uh, Benny, that. I might have overdubbed that left hand. I can't. You remember. didn't. No, it was live. Okay. And then Benny Green is another. Uh, I think is someone who's also really yeah. well known for like unison lines, uh, two octave lines with both hands, being able to really get the most out of it. And then I'll say like, there's a bunch of young players who can do this as well. Uh, you know, obviously uh, Sullivan Fortner can do this really, really well. And uh, then some some really create like don't like like fusiony players like Domi. Uh, yeah. A young player from France and uh, Jesus Molina, obviously, but 
uh, tons of stuff to check out. Like you don't have to leave your your left hand behind at all. And and for practice purposes, I think you got, you're in the you're in the right zone here, John. Jeffrey Keezer always says because he's there's another player. Obviously, I was can, gonna say yeah, Keezer yeah. for sure. And some um, innovative ways that he approaches it too. He's great totally. with the with you know two actors apart, you know, in unison. But he's also really good with check out his version of these three words by Stevie Wonder from around 2000. It's a little ways back. He has an incredible solo piano version of that. Uh, I forget the name of the record, but really innovative, like kind of under the radar left-hand stuff until you start listening to it with this kind of a thing on your mind. Just brilliant, brilliant left-hand work there. Totally, totally. And that's stuff you could transcribe, right? You know what I mean? Absolutely. Or try at least. Yeah, there's so much to do. So don't feel like you just have to, in fact, don't just comp chords in your left hand and play and play things in your right. I had a teacher in college at the new school tell me like very emphatically, your right hand is your alto saxophone. Just worry about that. And I was like, I don't know about that. Right. I mean, there's, there is a time for that. It's like you want to be able to do that, but yep. you don't want to limit yourself to that. Like that's a, that's a starting place. And maybe for some people that's an ending, but you don't want to only be doing that because your left hand is technically holding you back from other ideas. Because even if, the left hand never gets to the right hand point like an Art Tatum or these other folks. Which, oh, Mary Lou Williams. That was Mary now Lou she Williams. Had, yeah, she had darn near equality between her hands, as far as I could tell. You know. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously the greats like Keith Jarrett, Fred Hirsch has a yeah. very interesting like contrapuntal way to play with two hands. You know, almost like it's yeah. like a Bach chorale on some some chords. It's really beautiful using both hands. Uh, there's a ton and of it, options. Don't don't feel limited to just like left hand chords, right hand melody. Right. And then, but even when you're playing, if you do that, like there's the practicing and the trying to get, get up to the point of doing this, but then this is not going to happen overnight and that's okay. So don't feel like, oh, I can't just comp in my left hand and solo. That's a great sound. There's, that's an appropriate sound for a lot of things yeah. that we play. But I totally. mean, the other thing is like, if you want to practice some, you know, w without even getting all the way to the Ravel left hand piano concerto, Bach inventions, the two part and especially the three part, they're pretty challenging if you know for the left hand as much as for the right hand i would say um and like well-tempered clavier the fugues bach fugues for sure um so there is repertoire there that's going to challenge your left hand um as much as your right hand there's uh several uh, chopin etudes that that are specific to the left hand i'm forgetting the numbers now but those are really easy to find you know just by googling those what's the, what's the deal with the left hand concerto wasn't that written for someone who had hurt themselves or something I think it was, yeah, for somebody uh, who had like a stroke or something and couldn't use their right hand. Like a famous pianist of the time. Yeah. We should have Googled that before we started this episode. We should have. <laughs> if only we... It's <laughs> such an awkward pause there. But do you know what? This is for our dear <laughs> listeners to do now. We want them to practice that. I'll do it. I'm, I'm Googling it. I got you. He's Googling it now. No, John, it's a great question. But, you know, check out all those players. And honestly, do start with Art Tatum because I think if you go listen to a bunch of, like, just the solo piano Tatum stuff, uh, actually, Peter, it's something we haven't gone back to, I think, in a few months. We should probably do some kind of listening session on some Art Tatum. It's been a while for me. Yeah. But it's so inspiring. I mean, talk about a sound that's used still to this day uh, from – you know, low a hundred years ago, almost now. It's really, really incredible. So uh, the Ravel piano concerto for the left hand in D major. This is a beautiful work too. It's just really fun to listen to, even if you don't learn it. But uh, I was commissioned by Paul Wittgenstein, a concert pianist who had lost his right arm in the First World War. Ever heard of it? 
That's amazing. And would that wow. be something you might be interested in? Absolutely, I would be interested in that. Not in losing your right arm, but in no. learn, but that's, learning the piece. Story, though. <laughs> I know. It says, in preparing for composition, Ravel studied several pieces written for, our, for one-handed piano, including uh, Camille Saint-Saëns, uh, Six Etudes pour la main gauche. Do you know what la main gauche is? Uh, is that a is that a is that a Formula One race? <laughs> it sounds like Le Mans gauche, the left side of the hold. No, that's uh, left hand. La main is the uh, is means hand, and gauche interestingly means left. Like if you say, "Oh, you're so gauche," that it means, means you're left. To, well, that was goes back to this thing of ninety percent of people being right-handed, so it was a little bit of an ism, as we would say, right-handism when we discriminate against left-handed people. So that's how gauche became a uh, part of that vernacular. Um, also, you know, I'm a, did you know that I'm, I'm ambidextrous? Did I, did I no, did you know that about I, me? yeah, I did not know that. How did that never yeah, come I, up in today's conversation? specifically, I, I know. Well, no, I was <laughs> thinking about it. So I'm, I'm not left-handed, although I do right left-handed, but I do things with both hands. Like I play tennis left-handed. I play baseball right-handed. Uh, I do really not, I can't do the same thing with both hands, but I do certain things with one hand and certain things with the other. That's incredible. How do I not know this? Yeah, man. Wait, so ping pong, do you, are you left-handed ping pong? How did you not know that? I school you every time we play well, from now, the left you know side. You're not, that's the, you know what? That's what's screwing me up because I'm so unconscious. I, you know what? I'm going to school you it, next time because I keep saying I'm going to serve to his left side. I'm serving to yeah, his left no, side. That didn't work it out. Does, just the spin alone messes with people for the first few games if they haven't played many lefties, you know? That's funny. So there's a couple more pieces listed here. Uh, Cherny has in a call. De la main gauche as well. A little bit of a school of the left hand, Opus 399. I don't, I'm not familiar with that. Um, yes. And Scriabin, who has some great technical work for piano, Prelude and Nocturne for the left hand, Opus 9. So there's a little bit Very of, uh, cool. as we say, long hair selections for you. Well, this was a great question. We've been asked some some similar stuff like this before, John, but not quite in this way. And it was I thought it was a very thoughtful framing that you put to this. And uh, good luck with it. You know, listen, 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 listen to all those artists we mentioned. And then really to anybody. Honestly, all of the greats, they are not one-handed pianists. When you really listen, they're doing a ton of stuff with both hands. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah. So until next time. You'll hear it. <laughs> <laughs>